Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Footy Prime, the podcast with Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest, and James Sharman. Today, we welcome ourselves back to Eggplant Picture and Sound. For producer Dan Wong and myself, Jeff Cole, let's get this party started. Thank you, JC. Great opening, we assume. Haven't heard it yet. I actually feel bad for JC because often he'll record the opening after we've recorded this, and it's a great opening, but we don't react to it because we have no idea what he's done. So let's assume it's really good. Okay. Yeah? Nice opening. Best ever. Maybe the best ever, although last week's was pretty good. <laughs> Remember the, to- the, the talk show one? The, 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 no, the quiz show. It was like uh, Game Jeopardy. Show. Game show, Jeopardy yeah, one. Game. was really excellent. So uh, anyway, um, JC, thanks. I'm sure it's great. Enjoy the cottage, you prick. Shaman, Forrest Dickio. Wonga here on keyboards. Um, before we get going today, great, great tweet we got after our last episode from uh, Buffalo Mike. And um, important for us moving forward. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a bit of a challenge for today's podcast, actually. <laughs> well, for one person in particular. <laughs> Buffalo Mike, wasn't that? Buffalo Hannibal Mike. Hmm? No, that's Buffalo Bill. Oh. Buffalo Bill, yeah, yeah. Just the way it people's put, skin. It will put the lotion on your skin. <laughs> Jeez, put the lotion on its That's skin. Put, put the, the fucking lotion, lotion in the, the fucking basket. <laughs> put the lotion in the fucking basket. Precious. Put precious in the fucking basket. Precious. That's right. Yeah. Awful. Precious. This makes me skin crawl. Yeah. We actually. It's funny. We we're just talking about cannibalism, weren't we? Off just yeah. now, and yeah. now we get to this. Yeah. Which actually he didn't eat anyone, did he? But Hannibal Lecter did. Yes, he did. Which is all Chianti. That's right. We were talking more cannibalism, uh, specifically for your pie. Uh, <laughs> That's right, and, and the options, and the options. Yeah, and would it State be? Would it, well, 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 I've been my my planning has been like thrown in disarray now because you guys informed me that there's evidence that if you eat too much human, that there's neurological neurological issues uh, proven within tribes, right? So you, what you're saying is I shouldn't be putting humans in my pies. No, because I'm not like, often. The crates. <laughs> But Craig still really likes the steak and kidney. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. Kate and Sydney, as we call it. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Charms would remember to bring some in. I know. Well, I think I always ask you to actually text me what you want, and you forget to do that as well. Craig, Craig doesn't know what a text you is. You know he what doesn't. I want. <laughs> do I? Do I, Craig? <laughs> That's what all the girls say, Craig. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> we've been somewhat sidetracked to start today's pod. I was thinking about that coming in. <laughs> No girls ever say that anymore. 
Um, back to um, the, the the journey of the podcast here. Um, yeah, Buffalo Mike, <laughs> Buffalo Bill sent a, a tweet in saying, "Dear Dickio, um, I hate you and love you, but the tipping point between me walking up, sorry, I can't even read this. I'm so old. Walking up and buying you a pint and starting a biter chant is your in mic mouth breathing. <laughs> Please stop the fuck out of that." <laughs> In what does that actually mean? I think, I, think, I think just the last part, I noticed it when I re-listened to it. I did too. Yeah, I think it was too close, and you're like you're like this, and you're and you can hear your breathing. It's only because Wonga tells me to hold the microphone. Oh jeez, that's my, it's my fault. Yeah. Fucking the loudest breather on, on fucking air. It's Dan Wong's fault. So you hear that? I'm hold it here. On the table. How's that? How's that liver wise? Is that better? Everyone's good. You've got a baritone, right? So you could probably broadcast amplify enough when okay. it's there. I would think maybe a bit closer than that. I also turned up the levels so you don't have to be as close. Perfect. Okay. Things are working together. Was it? It was John Helm. Remember John Helm at the I think the South Africa World Cup. And, and he's doing the international feed, and he's an incredible commentator, one of my favorites. But he had an issue with breathing as well. And it's yeah. between every sentence almost. Like Darth Vader? Yeah, it was really weird. We thought, man, is John going to be okay? John Helm. Legend. I think he was doing the game Bradford during the Bradford fire. Remember that? I do remember that. 85, right? Something like that. Was he really? Yeah. Jesus. I think he was doing that day. Huh. Well, we're going everywhere today, aren't we? Um, the first weekend of the Premier League season kicked off. Cracker. Yep. Of course, uh, <clears throat> the two Manc teams uh, get a week off, understandably so. Um, but yes, some great games, actually. Interesting games. Leeds-Liverpool. How great is it to see Leeds back in the Prem, by the way? I know you guys played against Leeds. You probably hate Leeds for numerous reasons. But from an impartial fan, I think it was great to see them back in there. I don't hate Leeds. I love playing at Ellen Road, even though it was like a, just a lion's den. Really, really one of the best atmospheres in, in the country when playing there. When it was full, yeah, they were like buzzing. Nasty. Oh, yeah, nasty. Yeah, I remember my sister, it was the first game she ever went to, Was came over, took the train up, did the old, couldn't believe it, like horses on either side, riot cops taking you all the way to the stadium, people throwing coins, people getting cut. Yeah, it was, it was great place. Yeah, great place. To Dirty play. Leeds. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's the first game, though. Oh, yeah, that's that was her first, first game. game she went to. Yeah. Wow. You, you picked the second one was Port Vale Ugh, away. Ooh. Who is who's Leeds <coughs> like? Their whenever they have those, you know, community. Who is their community? Like who do, who are their big rival? Leeds, Man United, isn't it? No. So they have Yorkshire rivals, which they. Sheffield, Always, Sheffield United. Yeah, like Sheffield United, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday. But their main rivals are like Liverpool and Man United from back in like the 80s, even 70s, going to like Dom Reavy and all, all those yeah. era of like fantastic battles. Like really, really good games. Leeds Peter, a massive, massive Peter club. Peter Lorimer. Peter Lorimer. They had a fantastic team back in the 70s, like a lot of England internationals, yeah. won a lot of championships as well. Brian Clough was there for what, how long? Cup of tea? Wasn't he? Seven you ever days. see that uh, Don Reavy and Brian Clough interview uh, together? Yes, I have. That's fantastic. There's, there's the movie that came out too, right? Damned United. The Damned United. Yeah. You have to watch that. It's, I think it's on, on Netflix. So so Brian Clough, one of the most legendary British managers, English managers, very successful and was hired by, at that point, high-spending leads, right? Uh-huh. To, to steer the ship, getting back to where they should be. And it, I won't spoil it. It didn't work out. But it's a great movie. 
It's a great movie. Very good movie. I think what everyone fell in love with Leeds over the weekend was their their tenacity, their their willingness to play with no fear. And that, that's been Leeds in the championship for the last couple of years under Bielsa. But um, I think Liverpool were shocked by Leeds a little bit. I, I, I think they knew what was coming, but they didn't know that the actual intensity and the prolonged time that they actually went at them, Leeds. And if it wasn't for a dreadful centre-forwards tackle late on in the game, they would have come out of Anfield with a point. But um, They were like that annoying fly in your car. It wouldn't yeah. go away. You know, 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was fun to watch. That's a damn Very shot. good game. Really good game. I was actually doing the CPL game at that time with Nigel Reed in between plastic, and I kept banging on the thing, showing, telling him, it's now 2-2. It's now 3-3. Three, three. And Nigel's saying, shut up. Yeah. Trying to fucking call Forge against. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It wasn't quite the same game. Huh? Not quite the same, no. Not quite the same atmosphere. But uh, no, I mean, that they were, they were going at them. It's Bielsa, right? I mean, this is our first time seeing Bielsa in the Premier League. And we expected that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Apparently Klopp didn't. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, it's just, that's that's brave. That's really, really brave. They're going to catch a few. If you're going to come out, and you've got to be fit to play in this side, eh? Yeah. Holy man, do well, they run. I've studied a lot on Bielsa and his training sessions and just his, like, pre-planning. It's, it's so intricate, all the details that he has for certain plays, certain, we call it, um, periodization of where he wants the team to be during the season, whether it be pre-season, middle of the championship campaign, end of the season. But those guys, some of the training sessions, the, the guys are actually like being dragged off the field because they're just done. But Can, can they sustain that for the That's the problem. And, and that was the problem in the first year in the championship. I remember speaking to our good friend Aaron Lamb Chopper, who's a big Leeds fan at Sportsnet, and he was like, we're flying, we're absolutely flying. And I said, be careful after Christmas the players can't sustain what he wants. And he had that problem at Marseille for a little bit. I think he was at Bilbao and they were very, very good for the first two or three years. But then it's it's a very difficult balance to, to train your team like that. It's wonderful to watch as a spectator, but playing it is very, very difficult. Uh, because you, you talk about your training week where Monday is usually a light load. Tuesday, you start to progress into a more difficult day and Wednesday is your highest day of trying to get at least half or 75% of where you would be at a weekend. But Leeds, they go at it for like three days of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they have their light days on Monday and Friday. So I'm surprised that they haven't had more serious injuries, but they've obviously got a fantastic staff working alongside him. I don't think that the amount of respect for Bielsa coming into this league, into the Premier League, shown by not only the media, but by fellow managers within the league. You could see the admiration from Klopp at the end of the game. He's like the old guy, like kind of a little bit like Roy Hodgson, who have done their their their, their time in the professional leagues. And uh, there's a huge amount of respect for him. Yeah, made his way around the world coaching. You know, yeah. never never took uh, like big clubs. Like I know he took Chile and Argentina, but club football, he kind of avoided that. And he's offered big jobs by all reports. But he likes those those builds and the starts. And he also signs one year contracts too, I think, yeah. right? And maybe that's because he sees himself. I'm going to burn these guys out in a couple of years. I'm not here for the long haul. But mm. right now it's working, isn't it? And it's damn fun to watch. Fun to watch. And for the and for the f- first few months too, they're going to be buzzing because it's just their adrenaline. You're in the Premier League, and 
it's exciting and if you even if they do what they've done and if they lose games by 4-3 down the road in a few months and have a look at it to see where they are physically and mm-hmm. mentally at that stage you know a couple of our old teams first game of the season I'm already worried about them Craig West Ham and West Brom oh my god West Ham look a shambles Man, I, I, you had to feel for David Moyes, don't you? Right, as it stands right now, he's not getting what he wants. They're selling the young players, which was against his wishes. Mm. You know, they're, they're not the money they've they've recouped. They haven't spent I financially. Mean, they're they're obviously strapped. Their owners aren't willing to dip into their own pockets and spend. I just started reading a string on a thread on um, uh, Twitter before I came here um, from the Swiss Ramble, right? And they do a lot of the finances of football. And they're breaking down who watched teams have spent the most the last number of years, who's been leveraged the most against, you know, interest, yada, yada, yada. Really breaks it down. And and it looks like the Golden Sullivan have, have like benefited the most from their high interest loans they've, they've given the club. Yeah. You know, which is just going to infuriate. Yeah. The fans, the fans are just had enough. Tell and me, it's one game in. Yeah. Tell me this, if, if this is true as well, Craig, because my oldest son, Luke, was listening to a arsenal podcast the other day and they were actually speaking about west ham and he was saying that they've moved into the stadium where it's basically the olympic stadium and they're renting it at this moment in time but in two or three years they i think it's two years they can take over ownership of it and then possibly sell it for big money Mm. is that correct is that what they're holding out for you think the owners I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure about that. I know they're renting it, and I know the rent is cheap. I think it's like yeah. $5 million a year or something, which is less than what it costs to, for upkeep. And I think there's some tax, local tax implications too for the city. But, they, he, but I'm this, not sure about that. They've basically been promised the stadium when once yeah. the, the loan or the rental agreement is up. So they take over the stadium for for select amount I'll find that out yeah because that would be interesting that's possibly <laughs> that's possibly going to that be out. why they're hanging on because the amount of stick they're getting like and this why would you stay around for eh? two or three years now they've been like getting yeah. hammered there must be an end game for them you're right no one needs that abuse the big promise was you know we're moving into the Olympic Stadium we're going to be challenging for the top four in Champions League like, that's what they sold everybody on if you didn't do that and Yep. You wouldn't have never got him out of Upton Park. No, you're right. I mean, it's all very well moving to a new stadium, but where, at some point you've got to start, you know, addressing the on-field issues, and there just isn't much there, you know, it seems. And just the inf- I mean, at what point does the infighting off the field affect on the field? We know it happens, right? But, I mean, it must, as a player, when you see no ambition or, or little ambition, or they're signing the wrong players, or the manager hasn't got a say in who's coming and it's someone else, does it affect the on-field product? At what point do, they, do you as a football mercenary, which is what they all are, and that's fine, say, okay, you know, what is the point? Yeah, they're looking for a, for an out game. Um, but, you know, it's difficult because when you're in that situation, you're trying to deal with your own game and trying to keep your own performances up, aren't you? But at the same time, you're seeing what's going on around you, and you're just like, there's just no way that we're going to get out of this quagmire we have no leadership. The ownership's terrible. You know, it, so it is a tough situation for them. And uh, it's also an easy way out for a few of them, too, for blame other well, people. Noble went public, right, on Twitter and mm-hmm. said how, how, you know, essentially how, how disgusted he is with the club when they sold Dan Garner to, to West Brom. Um, should he have done that or should he have kept it in-house? 
I think he should have kept it in-house. And I think David Moyes would have wanted him to keep it in-house. He's an old school manager as well. And just talking from my own experience about being in a situation like this, I've played with, with managers, head coaches that kind of thrive on that as well. It's kind of we're separating ourselves from the ownership to show the team spirit and the mentality that we have as a group here. We're going to show that we're not going to be affected by whatever's going on at board level or whether the club want to be sold or whatever it is. But I played with a couple of managers that really, really thrived on it and used it as momentum to try and gather the squad, the team together and push through and show that we don't actually need that. That's a separate entity from us. Okay, they own a club, but we playing for our own careers here and for the fans that turn up week in, week out to support us. Us against them. Yeah, it was us against... Their mentality. So us against us being you, them being the, the ownership, the board, the, the directors the board, yeah. that you rarely see. You, you you never see those guys, the board members, do you, Craig? No. Rarely you would see the president come down or the owner come down yeah. for one game Only of the season. Only if you're injured and you might see them having a prawn cocktail or something. Yeah. Like, uh, Daniel Levy's pretty prevalent at Spurs, according to the Amazon documentary. He's often in the cafeteria having a bite and the yeah. players approach him. They look shocking at the weekend as well, by the way. Spurs versus Everton. Well, they're tired. Let's ask Jose. Unlike every other team. Apparently, they had COVID, a few of them. A lot of COVID cases. Yeah. 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 No, they they were poor. It's not like uh, Jose to make excuses. Excuses? My new Everton look pretty damn good as well. I like their signings. I know every year they make signings, but it seems that it's planned. Hemis did well. Alan? I think they could be a little dark horse this year, Everton. For what? For uh, six, for no, no, I the think old. they could push like a Champions League place really? this year. Really, for hey? me, they're better than Everton. Uh, sorry, they're better than um, Tottenham. Mm-hmm. They're up so there United with Chelsea. And, so United uh, and Chelsea, they're, they're trying to. They, Arsenal's up there now as well. Arsenal played very well. Okay, it was against Fulham, another promoted team. But I just, I really like the midfield of Everton, Decore, uh, Jaimez, who gives you that little bit of flair. And then Alan, I thought was player of the match. The yeah, boy so, they so bought Alan, from so All the little things he does, right? The simple things he does. And you know these kind of players. And they're so instrumental in, in good teams. They don't do anything, you know, box office. Yeah. They do the simple things. Why are there so few of these guys? If, if they just do the simple stuff well... Simple stuff, right? Why, why aren't there more Allens in the world of football? Why aren't there more Angolo Cantes in the world of football? Because it's not seen. Why are there more Fabinho's? It's not seen as sexy, is it? No, but, but you guys. ask any player or manager, that guy is the most important player on your team. But to the media and to the most part to the fans, they don't see those kind of players. They don't see they the don't understand it. They don't game. see the dogs work that those guys do. But off the ball work, yeah. And and it's the same in basketball. Like. You look at the the boy at the Rockets who used to be at the Raptors, PJ Tucker. Yeah. Again, he's a guy that does all the dogs work, gets all the fouls, he's getting rebounds. But everyone's looking at the beard, or what's his name, Donatello. Uh, Donatello, isn't he a ninja turtle? Who's the other guy at uh, the Raptors? Westbrook. 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 Yeah, I call him a teenage mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, Everton. Going back to Everton, and said really like their midfield. And for me, I'm going to put my my opinion on the table here. They've got the striker that is going to lead England in the next World Cup, Calvert Lewin. Yeah, you I'm think a so? Big, big fan of him. I really like his movement. He's a young player. He can score goals. His hold up players progressing. He's going to supplant nicely. Harry Kane by 2022. I think so. I really think that big shout by Danny Dickey. He's going to be pushing Harry. Kane. I think Harry's. 
I've been watching Harry the last year or so. He's frustrated yesterday. Yeah, wasn't he's he? frustrated. Pushing people around. He's st- he's Not still going to get goals for sure, Harry Kane. But I just feel this boy is the future of England. Do you think Gareth Southgate's got the uh, the balls to to drop his captain? No. I don't even know if that, if Gareth Southgate's going to be in charge by the World Cup. Really? Oh, big shouts. Big, big shouts. <laughs> what is going on today? Jesus. Yeah. What else you got? So, so, so Euro is next year, we hope. Touchwood. So England shit the bed and they fire Southgate. And then who's coming in then? I'm assuming Tony Pulis or someone. <laughs> Ted Lasso. Where is Tony? <laughs> where is Tony Pulis these days? You know what? Someone mentioned that recently. Yeah, where is he? Tony, I think he's just doing like media stuff is at he? the moment. Is he? Yeah. yeah. And now, I, I feel bad waiting for somebody to be I in like the relegation fight. He's a, good, he's a good manager, but you get my point. Yeah. So, so Southgate, Everton's going to win the league this year. No, England's I didn't say win the league. <laughs> I said gonna... they're going to they're going to push into the top five. I think top four, top five. So, you, but you like Calvert Lewin as a footballer? He's got all the tools to be. He's got uh, all the tools. Is, is he different to Harry Kane? How would yes, you, how would you much different. Him? What is he like compared to someone that um, you know? Uh, the average audience member would would know. I mean, we know who this guy is, but yeah. what kind of player is he? He's he's a boy that I've watched and and liked since England won the World Cup at the U17s, and we we know Foden come out of that group as Ryan well. Brewster was there too. Brewster was there, but Calvert Lewin is is a player that England haven't had for a long, long time. He's mobile. He can break lines with his runs in beyond. Um, he's pretty quick as well. His hold-up play, as I said, is improving. He's got a, a good body, upper body. His strength's improving. You've got to remember, like, Everton paid $25 million, $30 million for Moises Keane. And Calvert-Lewin is starting ahead of him. Okay, Moises Keane hasn't settled in well. Richarlison is playing on the left side because Calvert-Lewin is the number one striker for them now. He's very good in the air. We saw it at the weekend. Uh, a fantastic header he scored against Spurs. He's very aggressive in the box, attacking the ball. And he's got good feet within the the box as well. Striking, his finishing could improve with the amount of chances he gets per game. But that's going to come with the repetitions of being in-game situations. Not in training, but in-game situations as a young player playing in the Premier League, getting those opportunities. I'm telling you, I'm putting my hat on it now. He's going to be England's starting striker. Sorry. I'll brush it. Great Craig's head. Um, and he's got the right manager there in Ancelotti, right, who's coached some of the greatest strikers. And he's playing ever. with good players around him now as well. James Rodriguez is going to elevate his performance to a new level. How come no one, I say the big clubs, with respect to Everton, no one came in for Decore? He's been great at Watford for the last two or three years, right? A really important player for that team, their best player. And I thought for sure he, he would walk into a, a United or an Arsenal, but they never went for him. It's weird, isn't it? I just there was a lot of rumours about Decore going to Arsenal last year. Mm-hmm. And even to I think Liverpool were looking at him, there was rumours, but I think he's a snip. When you look at him for twenty million, I know we're talking <sighs> silly I mean, money right? now. What a great deal. And you're looking at Declan Rice now that, that Chelsea are saying for 55 million. You go to Kure, <laughs> If Declan West Ham Rice, sell Declan Rice now, there's, there's gonna watch be mur- out. There's going to be murders. They'll burn that stadium down, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. They're only renting it. <laughs> Get a new one, move somewhere else. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so Everton looking. looking it's, it's, it's funny, week one. I wish we could go back in previous years and hear, uh, read our and other people's commentaries after week one of the Premier League season, right? Because 
it doesn't really mean that much. But no. you can see you can see seeds being planted and a different looking Everton, for example, an exciting Leeds team. You mentioned before West Brom, you know, not looking great. Um, well, they didn't spend any money either, did they? Who do you have going down? Um, I forget. We did the previews last week on one soccer. Who do you have going down this year? Fulham, West Brom, and my gut feeling is West Ham, but I didn't put them there. Yeah, yeah you couldn't do it, could I you? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't want to be right. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. Who was the other one I'm going to say? I had Villa. Yes, Villa. I think was I was, Villa? I think I had Villa, too. Yeah. Dunlop is going to cry. I know. That's the reason I picked them. <laughs> I love seeing Dunlop cry. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to see Villa go down. Just I mean they haven't done much in the offseason and they could still lose Jack Grealish. Yeah. It's hard to predict before the yeah. window closes, right? My bet is West Ham finishes in the bottom five. And it'll, and, and it'll be a, and it'll be a noisy, way a noisy, painful bottom five too, right? Yeah, it won't be like all the way. It'll be that the entire season. The fans will be in uproar. They'll be, you know. Well, I think in the next six games, it could be on zero points. <laughs> well, but how great is it to suck during their, their schedule? During that was their easy game against Newcastle. That was yeah. That was the one they had to win. Newcastle actually looked decent. I mean, they're nice signings. Yeah, yeah. They, Wilson they is a good three, player. Two or three nice pieces in. Yeah. Yeah. Wilson, we'll give him an edge. Hendricks. Scored the goal. Uh, uh, they Lewis from Norwich. To left Lewis, back. Yeah. And uh, Fraser, who's got a little bit of stick over his Yeah, so he should. But, um, so he's trying to keep that club and team together, right? you got all this noise going on behind the scenes. Yeah, rejected again, the uh, the takeover bid. Yeah. Right? Another noise. Who's that from Saudi, the Saudis again? Yep. Yep. I don't mind the Saudis not being involved, to be honest. No, but if you kick them out, then there's a lot of... Uh, well, there's a few others. State... Ownership groups with questionable human rights yeah. records. You talking about the U.S. owners? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, no, they're fine. Of course they're they fine. are. Um, back to uh, to Leeds. Um, Calvin Phillips looked really good, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't watch the league championship. I haven't got time. But you know, Leeds supporters said this kid's good, and one game in, he looks pretty good. You know, that's Great the thing is just whether ball. you can. Yeah, a good pass or the ball. I think he had 18 assists last year. I mean, it is a championship, but... Still. Still, yeah. But making that jump up is never easy. You never know exactly what's going to happen. Just like when you sign players from the Belgian League or the Dutch League. Yeah. Take a big jump, and on those guys, you never know what you're going to get when they make that league change. Well, he's a player that has been in the England mix now for the, the couple of... I think it's two squads now, and he made his debut in the last... Game was it against uh, Denmark? Denmark, yeah, yeah. England didn't play particularly well, but he's a player that's that's been a leads the forefront of their success the last two years. Uh, he's got an unbelievable engine on on him as well. Like he gets around the field, um, as you said, he distributes the ball very, very well. Long range passing, short range. He combines, gets forward as well for for a number six, a holding mid. Um, He's a player like you, you look at, okay, Declan Rice, who's played in the league for a couple of years now with West Ham. Or do you spend a little bit less money and go for someone like, you know, this player at Leeds, who's performed very well in the first team for four or five years now, got into the England team. So the good thing is that there's a, a huge uh, influx of younger players coming through for the England level now. And that's why I go back to Southgate in question marks around his tactics and managing this 
young group of players now that have huge potential. This is our next golden wave of, we talk about the golden generation of Beckham, but Scholes, all those guys that, okay, underperformed for the, the potential they had. This is our next generation of younger players, led by the likes of Sterling, who's still a particularly young player, who's going to be there in and around Sancho's, Declan Rice, you've got uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Rashford. Does this, some golden, key does this golden generation excite you more than the previous golden generation? Only because the X generation really, really disappointed me. Yeah, at the time, though. <laughs> yeah. but, but before they did that, when they were still having that potential tag and we saw these kids coming through, wow, watch out for England the next little while. Yeah. In retrospect, in hindsight, yeah, they let us down, but there was a lot of excitement around that era about these kids in, in the late 90s. Yes. Right, as there now, is Southgate now. knows these guys really well because he coached them at a young level. That's a good point, right? yeah. He coached, he worked with a fair few of them. What I would say about this generation as well is that they've won something. So mm-hmm. U17s won the World Cup, the U20s won the, the I think it was a European mm-hmm. Cup. Winning U20s. mentality, right? And so, the ghost of the yeah, past have been exercised. Those, are, those tournaments are massively important and England's taking them more seriously now but if you look at the south americans love the u20 world cup yeah. argentina brazil yeah it's true you look at all the great brazil teams of the years gone by that they've all been successful at the age grade right coming yeah. through all yeah of them. messi won the under 20 world cup aguero won it in toronto scored the winner here yeah yeah that's right i don't know I mean, yeah, are, yeah. are you concerned with as far as this this you know southgate Ripping session is it? Is he too pragmatic? Is he too defensive when he's like against Denmark, for example, or not a great team, and he's, he's he's having these defensive midfielders in there? Should he be more? Should he be opening up the field to these these young creative players? Get Madison in there, get Grealish in there, or, or is, is that is that your main concern with him? Have you got a concern with him? Not really. I what I have a concern with is that he you don't have time. You know, if you have three, four months with the same team, you just don't have it at international level. It's just a different animal altogether. So putting and getting the best out of your time with them is really important. But trying to make questions like you're just talking about, you know, is Southgate's probably doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But when are you going to get the next chance to have a look at it, you know? I guess they've got the extra year, though, because Euro was delayed a year, right? Yeah, but they're all back at their club, so... Yeah, true. Southgate's like chomping at the bit, mm-hmm. having another go. Who's the perfect manager for England? If you could <laughs> like just uh, hire anyone. You know who I'd really like to see there at the moment? Who's not got a job? is Pochettino. That's interesting. But having an Argentine as an England manager could upset a lot of people. It'd be like a West Ham player being a Millwall manager. <laughs> 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 we know somebody who did that. <laughs> Stevie Lomas yeah. didn't last very long. <laughs> really, I forget that. Actually, I forgot all about that. It's like you, you just—it just never worked. It was never accepted, I imagine. Unless you're winning every game, yeah. but as soon as you lose one, they're coming yeah. for you. <laughs> Why would he take it in the first place? I guess he can't turn down a good well, game. Well, right? hindsight's twenty twenty, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Poch, but the conversation was had. It's amazing he's still out of work, though, Poch, right? Really? I mean, there weren't that many big jobs available this summer well, in fantasy. He's, he's coming for the big price tag, too, so there's not many can afford him. Barca was there, but um, as, as said yeah. before, he's Espanol boy, so he can, maybe he said He can bide his time and wait. Still getting yeah. paid. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a media gig somewhere, you know, if he wants it. 
I'll take my seven million pounds a year, yeah. or whatever he's on. Yeah, there's probably some deal if he takes a new job, then they don't have to pay, and he's just sitting there just sucking up the yeah the money. I'm not going to take a mid team mid mid table yeah. team. Beautiful stadium, hey? They got a nice, beautiful uh, digs. Spurs, yeah. Oh, no fans in now. It's all <laughs> just. Have you watched the Spurs documentary? No, yet? yeah, I'm saying that. So right now I'm watching it, and I watched episode seven last night, and it's just as COVID hits, so it's getting really interesting behind the scenes. Um, they had the you remember Eric Dyer went into the stands. Yeah, to, yeah, that's on this episode, and he, they show him in the room afterwards. It's, it's really, I mean, listen, it's obviously sanitized somewhat for Spurs, and I'm sure Daniel Levy has his say in what makes the cut and what doesn't, but I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah, there's, it's, a, it's there's great. enough insight there for oh, you yeah. to be interested. Yeah, Danny Rose, Jose Mourinho argument in his office was brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing, you know, that there was that. I mean, if I'm Danny Rose, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, no, I want to have a private conversation. I know you think so, right? Yeah, that's but why. It, that, that's that's why I'm kind of deliberating whether to watch it or not because my my two boys have watched it and they said it's great, and then a lot of people I've spoken to have said you've got to watch it; it's great, but. When you've grown up and you've lived your life in that environment, like we have, Craig, for the last 16, 17 years, whatever it was, there's something about me that says it's not real. Mm-hmm. It's like planned or it's... Well, they like, know the cameras are real. Yeah. Scripted. You can't be that yeah. natural with the cameras. But, but a lot well, of people have said uh, that it's pretty realistic. So um, my argument to them is, what? How, how do you know whether that's realistic? Mm-hmm. I know for... for an example, if there's a camera walking around the room, I'm not going to want to be doing anything that I would usually be doing. Yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. But you understand? <laughs> you <laughs> but I'm I just not wonder gonna, what that would be. If I if I want to, if I want to have revolved a private, yeah. revolve it out with Daddy. We if I would have a, if I would have a private run, conversation with naked. the gaffer, yeah. there's no fucking chance. I'm, I'm sure a lot. I'm a lot, taking a camera in there with me. There's clearly a lot, a, a lot that isn't taped or, or recorded, right? But there's enough. That makes you think it is relatively genuine. I mean, like I said, I'm sure that. Well, if Danny Rose is what he said in that one on one, supposedly with Jose, is pretty honest. It is, yeah, well, very much so. Yeah. And then afterwards, I mean, he comes out and, and he's. Yeah, there's Levy in the cafeteria, and Rose goes over to him. The cameras, you know, come from far away. And Danny's asking about, you know, where, where do I stand as far as, you know, transfers? Who's coming for me? And one of his things goes, so, have, have, have Milan, uh, where's the Milan situation right now? <laughs> and Livy goes, basically goes, nah, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. There's, there's no Milan. <laughs> but Newcastle won't, you know. <laughs> Hold on, Newcastle, Milan. <laughs> but, I mean, but, yeah, you know, it's definitely worth watching, Deach, and I, I get it. You, got, you guys have a different perspective than the average Joe like myself. Mm. You could probably um, <laughs> say that's bullshit, that's real. Yeah. But there's nothing there for me that I think it's enough traction to make it really compelling viewing. Jose obviously loves a camera. Yeah. Um, and, and he comes across actually a lot. It's, it's likable Jose so far, I have to say. Less arrogant Jose, more likable Jose, which might be, you know, scripted. Yeah. For the camera. You, know, you know what? I honestly think behind closed doors, he's, he is that guy. Yeah. Just from what I've heard and from when he was doing coaching licenses and how he was helping some of the guys that maybe not looking like they were going to pass. He seems happy, like a, not, not a moody guy. I got the impression the last number of years, a real moody guy, and obviously it's for the TV cameras in the press <laughs> conferences when Spurs aren't, haven't been great or United haven't been great. Um, but he's he comes across as being a pretty happy guy. Um, it's turning a little bit now. He's being It's funny, in the first few games, he can't be that hard on the players, right? It's changing a little bit now, maybe. But it's interesting, a real theme 
It is how he's telling Spurs, you guys are just too nice. I knew this when we played against you. You guys are too nice. You're good guys. And he goes, he loves the C word. Yeah. We can say it's a, it's a podcast. Um, he, you know, he goes, you know, good guys not win. You know, you have to be cunts. You must be cunts. He says the C word so many times. Is that right? Oh, yeah. He says it very well, too. You know? Portuguese he pronounces way, yeah. it well in a Portuguese kind of way. You know? <laughs> I always wonder, though, you know, it can go three ways when there's a camera in front of you. It can go, hey, it's exactly what you think it is. Or it can be over-dramatized. Or it can be the op- It can be the guy's more muted. And Mourinho, I'm just sitting there going, he seems like a good guy, but you heard he's got a camera on him. Maybe he wants to show the world he's a good guy. He's so reinventing every- himself. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, Rose going in, you don't know whether he would have said any of that shit if there wasn't a camera. Maybe this was another, you know, this is where this whole thing... To Danny's point, it's not reality. Yeah, it could be reality. Yeah, but it's not a hundred percent. You don't true. know. They might say, "Hey, we need we need something, we juicy. need something juicy." Yeah. And he tells the other players, "I say, I'm going to come in and dig you out." Okay, so there's an example. Yeah. Fuckers, I need something juicy right now. What's juicy? No, I'm just kidding. Juicy. <laughs> I killed someone last night. Say something. Say something. Sharp's Sharp's proper has got some human flesh in it right now. <laughs> But like Craig said, I know a few players that have played under him. I know a, a couple of staff that have worked with him, and they can't sing his praises more than I've ever heard them speak about any other player or coach before. And I think he puts on a certain persona for the media in interviews, very straight-faced. Um, He's playing in it as an act. Yeah, but like very, very like detailed with his player management, like I've heard of stories where he's basically gone to see a player and his wife who had complications in birth at night in the middle of the night. He's gone to the hospital. Uh, he's gone to see other. His, his off the field management, which I, I've heard is very, very, very good. And when you play for a manager like that, you can see where he was so successful, at, whether it be Porto, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, where he had that huge success but now the generation has changed a little bit Craig hasn't it where the modern footballer is a lot different than the guys and myself and Craig used to play with or be they don't want that arm around the shoulder no more they've, they've got that arm around the shoulder that adulation from social media from hangers on so that's that, changing that's interesting that's I, thought changed the opposite. A lot. I thought it was you know they couldn't handle the guys screaming in their face yeah. they needed that but you think it's Evolved even from yeah, there. Yeah, I think it's evolved even further. They, so they've been through that hairdryer treatment. So how do you deal with it? So you can't scream in the guy's face. You can't hug him. What do you do? How do you how do you coach a young player? Now? You're now not only a, a football manager, you're a psychologist as well in trying to help different personalities out in different ways. There's there's still guys that need to kick up the arse or an arm around the shoulder, but these well, guys, the one thing they are they get if they don't perform, they're getting a kick up the ass on social media. Yeah, and we we just seen it locally here in Toronto with the with the Raptors people really going at Siakam you know and on social media and it's like now he's yeah, got to deal with that so he's gone from, from everybody loving him to all of a sudden he's the problem or he's the guy that lost and didn't yeah. play the level he should have you know so you know like Alfonso Davies 19 years of age he hasn't experienced any of that everything's been positive yeah. positive 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 when it gets negative and it will at some point at some How point he's going to have something to deal with whether it's you know wanting to leave the club or mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. underperforming. You know, whatever it could on, be on that documentary, uh, La Celso, um, he, the last one. Marino mentions he admits, you know, when I first came to the club, I didn't rate him at all. Didn't impress me. Didn't play him. But he goes, that kid has won me over. He's really a big part of my plans now. So it shows, you know, he is open to, you know, he's not going to resent a player for too long. He's going to give me the opportunity to, to be better. And obviously the injuries at Spurs last year were crazy, right? And it allowed certain players to come in and take their opportunity, right? But it's just a, yeah, it's an interesting watch for sure. And I, again, who knows what's genuine, what's not genuine, but he's uh, an interesting guy. Um, if there was a team or sport that you would love to do a f- fly on the wall series with, who would it be? Any team, any oh, you know, easy. It's not a team sport. It's, it's the World Snooker Championship. And... You would love to do a fly on the wall series with like the snooker guys in the <laughs> back room. Jimmy Wade, <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie O'Sullivan. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking, no, taking all Judd, those nerve. Judd pills. Trump's talking. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. but they weren't they all? Wasn't it a big drug thing in the, uh, the drug, it's drinking they, and drugs? Because they, they were taking like all these not uh, calm like nerve calmers. Well, that was beat uh, Bill, Bill Werbenick. Canadian yeah, guy. Right. Canadian guy. Yeah, massively got, overweight. Drank as much as twenty two pints during a match. Twenty two pints during Think about a match. That. Like he's one of those guys, you know, when he takes when he takes a sip, it's a ha- it's a half a pint sip, you know. Did he have that beat, that total recall beat of sweat going? Down oh, sure his... he did. Absolutely yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Good guy too, though. Really good, great guy. I'm no pretty... longer with us, unfortunately, because he drank a little too much. I've, I've been really spending a lot of time in the evening watching like old snooker matches from the 80s. You're a sad my, my wife, my Shams, wife, you're a lo- sad just guy, recently man. she, I put it on, she's on an iPad, right, and I put it on and she just gets up and she goes, this is the most boring ass shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and just left. <laughs> Went upstairs. <laughs> I was like, no, well, fair enough. I'm watching and you're like, perfect. final. You're yeah. like, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Every time you want to get rid of her, just throw on a little uh, snooker. Kirk Stevens. The plan worked. <laughs> who, would be, who would be your one? Then? You know what? I think I'd go, I always found boxers and sprinters really interesting. Um, and Same all, mentality, like, right? Yeah, it's, it's so different from all of us play team sports. Even though there's some individual like strikers, uh, you know, point guards, guys who quarterbacks, they really they stand out sometimes and they have to. But these lone gunman sports guys, I always found super interesting because it's such a it's all king of the world. You're the best. No one can beat you. It's not there's no hey camaraderie. It's they hate each other. You know, that whole hatred of other people. And I always found that really interesting, you know, like just which sprinter w- would have it, it, it was the one that would have. Well, I, you know what? The there was that Carl Lewis. Every who like, you know, how how much everyone hated him from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mo Green and Donovan. Was Mo great. Green and Donovan. Um, and then even the Jamaicans and like uh, the Trinidadians because there was Linford Christie from England. Linford Christie. They were all thirty. In that race, yeah, yeah. Paisley Crawford, Quarry uh, from like Jamaica back in the seventies and eighties, like all, and then even there was that uh, English guy when in the eighties, Alan Wells, Alan Wells, guy. yeah, who won the one hundred because no one was showing no up. No I mean, I came third, hey. so hey. I got the bronze medal. Well, that was you. It was dipping at the <laughs> that line. That was me. I was third place. Hold on, he was the great white hope. That's right. No, Except- he was. <laughs> Right at ten, the slowest 100 <laughs> in the history of the Olympics, almost. Yeah, that's right. And he won. Wasn't that bad? Yeah. 
he wore the big long shorts, right? Remember that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, what about you, You Dave? always get the white guy dipping at the line about 10 yards behind. <laughs> for his PB. For his PB. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Shervington was the Aussie he used to run, and uh, they called him, and the Aussie, they, they called him Tackle because he wore, obviously, the tight shorts. Right. And, and oh, he was that's for right. These big, these big well, or a pair of socks. Aussies, right? yeah, or a pair of socks. Yeah. Good runner, though. Yeah, <laughs> and running down, there, yeah, the camera running down straight at him. And just left, right, left, right, left, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, what team or what sport would you? I don't know. I've, I've watched, like, behind the scenes of, like, NFL or college football, which is pretty interesting, but sometimes it's a little bit too much hoo-ha, rah, 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 all that bullshit. Mm. Um, baseball, mm, not really. I'm trying to think of a team. So I'd really like to kind of go behind the scenes of the All Blacks. There is one. There is on one. On Prime. All, it's another all or nothing. And it's um, so similar to like what Spurs are doing. It's identical. It's oh, okay. really, I'd really good. I'd love to watch that. Yeah. So you don't even Excellent. have to hope. It's already there. It's there Perfect. For it's film for me. <laughs> what about you, Craig? Who's you? Curling. <laughs> I thought you were going to say beach volleyball. Hey, those curlers Disappoint enjoy themselves. Craig, Craig's been waiting for 47 episodes to say curling. curling. In, a, <laughs> in a funny pride. Yeah. Well, what interests you about the curling, like behind Vic the Rauder. scenes curling? Vic Roder. Yeah, but he wouldn't be behind the scenes. He could do the play-by-play. Like the play, uh, the, the Ron, Tom Hardy for, for uh, Spurs. Ron Burgundy. Is it? Oh, that's good. <laughs> you, so you could do like, so he said Tom Hardy's doing the Spurs talking and yeah. behind the scenes stuff yeah. you could do the one for curling mm-hmm. so here they are yeah. sharpening up their tools <laughs> oh, do they sharpen tools? Rutter has some of the best calls he's brilliant he's a legend yeah. going between the two rocks he's like breathe in <laughs> he'd be great doing play by play to porn yeah wouldn't he <laughs> another one was like the, breathe harder the call breathe be- harder the, the call before this he throws a curl that curls one in there and he's like oh that's a honey. That's a honey. Next row is like, oh boy, do we have another honey here? Do we have another honey. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I remember him anyway, your Canada games, Alex Bunbury. Yeah, Berdusko when we drew against Brazil. <laughs> awesome. He loved it, you know, and he still does. He's yeah, still great guy. He He's really tall. Much taller than I thought. Just tall He's man. Six yeah. three, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so really curling. That's almost as stupid as snooker. Behind it the is, scenes. yeah. It is. <laughs> it's got to be a team. You know, the Crazy Gang would have been a good one. Crazy Gang would have been amazing. They would never have let like cameras behind the scenes. That oh, be it, so they broken. would have gone through like twenty six film crew. They would have broken cameras. They would have burnt. Like yeah. those guys were ridiculous. Who is the worst out of those guys? That's that's tough. That is a I tough played one. for one of them, Dennis Wise, who was a little Dennis the Menace. But you had Fashionu, you had Vinnie Jones, who's living in California now. There was just, a, they were like a bunch of hoodlums. <laughs> like literally come literally into your club, ghetto blasters, just take over, walk in. Like just so intimidating. England fans doing a World Cup, take over a town. Take over a bar for yeah, sure. that's yeah. where they were. They were sort of throw all the furniture out your locker room. Yeah. They would leave it in an absolute disgraceful mess. Wow. Yeah, really something. I mean, really interesting. And no fines. No fines. No, like, what were they doing Vinnie back Jones then? Got in the a 80s? big fine for doing that. That that VHS. That oh, how to hurt video, people. How to hurt people. The dark arts. Mm-hmm. How to yeah. cheat. You know, things like when you're helping a guy up off, off the pitch, you grab his armpit hair, right. yeah. pull him. You know, and 
he got he did actually a, was it maybe a DVD actually I think DVDs may have been around then maybe not yeah. you know but what I, I might that. try and contact Wisey and see if he'll come on it'd be great because he, he could give us some real insight of what's like, he doing now he's doing a little bit of media yeah I just I, I got to smooth him over and see if he will come on and talk about the crazy game you should yeah it'd be superb yeah very polarizing figure Dennis Wise <laughs> I think Dave Bess on the goalkeeper he was he was in goal yeah quite normal Luis Sanchez seemed Right, the Quite big chief normal. was a little bit normal, wasn't yeah. it? But I bet they would get involved. We oh, could do yeah. a whole show. If we get Dennis Wise on, we could do an entire podcast just in a crazy game. Yeah, right. That'd be funny. That'd yeah. be a good documentary, actually. The way they survived one, in the top flight year in, year out, just getting results. Yeah. They played in the smallest yeah. stadium ever as well. Then. Not the best oh, team. Yeah. Plough Lane, yeah. It was like horrible. It's a lot not, of the, not the best there team was players that went, like I think Dave Besant started in the fourth division with them, right? Yeah. It went up. Through the league, right to the top, playing this brutal. And these guys played wrecks. together this whole time too, right? If they came up, like not that, all of them, a, of them, a few, a them. lot of them, though. Yeah, a few of them, yeah. Because I mean, often yeah. you see these teams come up, and eventually their best players are plucked by bigger teams, right? I'm trying to think, like aside from Wisey went to Chelsea. Wise went to Chelsea. Yep. <clears throat> was that from Wimbledon? Or was John Hartson was between? there. He left. Out, right. He went. Yeah. But not too many of the actual crazy gang. I mean, Hartson was a little bit later, right? From the yes. crazy gang. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was signed. But it's not like, you know, Vinnie Jones got a big money move somewhere. Or he jo- went to Leeds. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, Vinnie went He's to Leeds. He's got Leeds tattooed that, on his of course calf he did. as yeah, well. Yeah, that was in the early, the early 90s. In the back of the head. Yeah, they had a couple a of, like, centre backs. Um, for, I think it was Fawn that went to Liverpool for a bit. It was Fawn. It was a blonde haired guy. He was decent. Yeah. They had a. Couple, they had a couple of fullbacks that were but no one went to bigger things necessarily as far as you know they, they, they became they were discovered at Wimbledon and became superstars somewhere else no they're just not superstar fashion was a superstar I guess close to it anyway right he was, ah. a, he was effective he was effective for that team yeah not a superstar at that era not of football no, none of them no. were, I think that's what really made them successful with the collective like spirit within that group and yeah. knowing their roles and knowing this is we've come through the leagues as a group or we've brought in this player because he fits our style of play and our mentality mm-hmm. that that was that was their whole philosophy and percentages they worked on you know, if we put the ball in the box this many times percentages tell us we're going to score you know it just they were the forefathers of analytics <laughs> yeah <laughs> the well, crazy and so direct like yeah. so direct I think if you th- had a throw in, if you didn't throw it down the line, you threw it backwards or sideways, you'd be taken off. Who's that coach again, Greg? K- Kinnear. Joe, Joe Kinnear, Kinnear, yes. Right, Joe Kinnear. Long time. Yeah. Funny well, story. But they would go them. after players that fit that mold. Yeah. Example, you. Let me yeah. ask you this. You would have been perfect for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'd have yeah. got put in prison, but. Yeah. You, got, you, you actually look a little bit like. <laughs> you actually look a little bit like Dave Besant. You get the, the big fro, big hair. What the f? No, I you don't, do. Don't nothing like you do. <laughs> Google. He does, doesn't he? Don't you think? If you put Dave Besant's hair on Craig, it's Dave Besant. <laughs> big fro. If you put Dave Besant's hair on anybody, you look like Dave No, I'm, I'm actually, there's a picture Google of uh, when I was on an airplane, I couldn't make your party when uh, I think you turned 40. And Craig, you, it was a disco party, and yeah. Craig wore an afro. Yes. we got to find that picture. Yeah. Is, it, is that racist if I do that now? Well, I, white guys have afros, too. Yeah. Well, I know, but you're not hey, you're not allowed to do that anymore, are you? Oh, geez. He had that hair anyways. Let me see. Far off. Let me see. No, you had that hair. That's oh, yeah. full rock and roll That's Craig, hair. right, yeah. with, with shaggy hair. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a little bit different. I had the... Uh, 
the frosted tips as well. You did? Oh, yeah. Frosted tips. I know Jimmy did. He did oh, too. yeah. I dyed my hair, obviously. So you went and sat in like a hair salon and got your hair done. Yes. Well, tell me that. I had a friend. Tough goalie. Tell me that whole story. I had a girlfriend. One, a, friend, a girlfriend of a, another guy, Chris Nunn, and she used to do it at her house. And I remember you, know, you sit there with that big, like a condom on your head. And they pull the hair through. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. No, none of us would oh, really? have it's like, it's like hair frosted. Danny obviously doesn't. But tips. The tips. Yeah, but he did. Oh, yeah, I bet you did. Actually, I tinted did. The, 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 I tinted the top of my... Oh, really? My missus did it. It was terrible. Yeah, well, it's a anyway, So when I missus. went to do this, she did. She puts this big, basically, condom on your head, and it's got little holes in it, and they pull your hair. Like, just... That's how they do frosted tips? That's how they highlight it. Yeah. So anyway, whatever she did, it leaked through. And when she pulled it off, it wasn't just highlighted. It was freaking blonde, blonde, blonde. To the, it was, And then with the brunette hair I had, it was like, look, red. I'm just like horrified. I'm like, what do we do? She said, well, I'll fix it tomorrow or something at a salon. I got to train tomorrow. <laughs> so I ended up going there like at six in the morning to have her diet to try to fix it. And it was just a, it was a dog's breakfast. And now look at your head. And I showed up in the club. Like, what the fuck happened to you? What is it about uh, what, hair what? football, right? You dye your hair red? Because they've always been like, you know, the trendsetters in hair, right? I mean, dodgy hair in the 80s. Well, you can talk, Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Always at the time, it's it very was... rare that you have normal hair. Scott Parker had normal hair. I bet he was just like you know abused in the locker room for <laughs> normal hair. Yeah, you are you so talking party. your hair? Is your hair normal hair? Is that like a normal hair? Uh, mine's pretty normal. Yeah, I would never be a twat and get you know frosted tips. <laughs> <laughs> Not my style. <laughs> Shams was going through different stuff off, off the field like he was just trying to get yeah. into his, his <laughs> actually I went back at the score when I yeah. first started on air he was trying to make the starting line yeah. for his dad's <laughs> rugby team <laughs> first things first no I was at the score and I just started on air and there was um, the makeup girl said oh yeah I hear that you're getting frosted tips or, or like not but, but uh, dyeing your hair yeah I was like no no chance oh yeah yeah tomorrow turned out it was James Sobolski getting it not me but for this like 24 hours there where I thought I was getting my hair dyed. <laughs> wow. And it, it, I, was, I was like, not having that. No chance. Oh, um, natural. Just blonde you were going to... Just blonde. Yeah, blonde. It was like tips. I'm not sure it's frozen tips. It was like highlights. Yeah, yeah. yeah highlights. Yeah, yeah highlights. So you had to put that thing on her head. I guess so. But it was not me. I refused. So, no. Y- that's the one. The we're going to share that. We're going to share that Craig Forrest afro. <laughs> That's amazing. What the hell? Look at the shorts as well. Look at the, oh, the I know. I saw the tight shorts. That. That's from uh, when Ipswich won promotion. <laughs> <laughs> or was it relegation? Uh, relegation, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, um, back to managers. Like, Is there one manager that you didn't play for that you would have loved to play for? Like that would have been the guy, if you could pick one guy that would have, you think, understood you as a footballer. Hmm. Back then? No, no, nobody in particularly. I mean, you just missed out on Bobby Robson. Just missed out. Just missed out. Got his yeah, uh, got his right hand man at the time, right? Bobby Ferguson, <laughs> who was a psycho. <laughs> psycho. Bobby's in football. And those yeah. Put no that in your hat and smoke it. He had so many like sayings. He would just make wrong. He would just screw it up all the time. 
Yeah, I think I would have been Bobby as well. I'd love yeah. to have played for Bobby. He's, Robson. he's doing so well. He's on cloud ten. It's nine. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> oh, whatever. He's called me the Canadian Redwood. You Canadian Redwood? I go. There's no Canadian Redwoods in Canada. Oh, fucking. Oh, smarty pants. I nearly signed for Leeds when uh, Howard Wilkinson was in in charge as well. He would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Like coach to play for, but I heard he's like very similar to Bielsa, very old school, lots of running, very Wouldn't high it, tempo training. You would be killed with yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never, yeah. Never okay. I guess it's different though for a keeper. I mean, a goalkeeper, I mean, from a tactical standpoint, okay, some coaches want you to play the ball out more than other ones, but generally speaking, just top, stop the damn ball from going in the goal in that era, especially, right? Right. Whereas for a for command a your box, keep the ball different. out of the net. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, when I started, you could pick the ball up too, so it was a yeah. throw it out. It was a you know that was a real change. It was a great idea. Ninety one. When was that? I think it was before that. But around it? then, around then, yeah. Because I mean, that must have been an adjustment. Yeah, and some of those. But for the game dim, itself, dim, it was dim, it was a lot better. <laughs> Very confused by it. Yeah. Well, and and it, it got out of the gates. It was more like pass back, blast it in the stands. Yeah. Right. Get rid. Get rid of it. Don't Get do anything. Stupid. Mind you, they pass it back, and the my defenders would just turn around and ignore me, like Jimmy Brennan on the set of Sportsnet. <laughs> 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 Nothing worse when you look up for some support, and they're all like, "Don't go to me! Don't go to me! Don't go to me!" <laughs> Don't want any part of having that. Beads of sweat on his forehead. Yeah. But but going back to like wanting to play for a coach, there wasn't many coaches that the boys spoke about say oh I'd love to love to play for him or I'd love to you know be part yeah. of this one it was more the other way of the rumors going around of you don't want to fucking play for that guy or you don't want to play there was like a couple of yeah. coaches like Sunis was a guy that not many players wanted to, to go and play for that's why he started bringing in an influx of foreign players to his teams uh, there was another guy who was it I remember my first day at West Brom. So I turned up at West Brom and I was on loan from Sunderland. I'd just come back from an injury. And there was a couple of guys I played with or played against, Jason Roberts being one of them. But there was another uh, guy called Des Little. He was a fullback and we'd always had banter playing against each other. My first steps onto the train, he's gone, Dick Deej, what the fuck are you doing here? Have you not heard what fucking this is here? He says, fucking how long are you on loan for? I give you two weeks. And it was a four-week loan period. And, like, the constant reminders of guys like, you you don't want to fucking sign here. Do not sign here. And then after about... And who was the gaffer? Gary Mixon. Oh, so you did sign. I did sign. Because <laughs> my, fam- my family had moved all the way back down to London from Sunderland because I was meant to be going to Palace. Palace's coach at the time, I forgot who it was. Uh, I don't know if it was Steve Bruce, got sacked. So my fa- we bought a house in South, like, Epsom, near the race course. Nowhere so near like, Birmingham. Fuck, I gotta be I got I can't be in Sunderland. I gotta get closer to so I'm doing f- four weeks, I'm scoring goals at West Brom and they suddenly go, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pay your transfer fee. We want to sign you permanently. And the boys, the first day I like I done my loan period. The, the first day they signed, they went, "You've just signed your fucking life away." Bro. <laughs> Welcome the, to hell. And were they right? <laughs> and they were fucking the right. Campaign. They were right. We really? got promoted with that West Brom team. I, I do not know how we got promoted. With how that soon West did you realize team. that this is going to be a long, long journey at this club with, under this guy? It, it wasn't. I wasn't thinking about that. I'd already know. 
knew that it was going to be a long process. You put your me. family first. I put How my family that? first. Yeah. But they I wanted that. them back down south, back civilization. <laughs> <laughs> you speak all so respect to the Geordies. All respect to the Geordies and Sutton. I love my time up in Sutton. But we'd, we'd already made the move. I thought it was going to Palace. It was all done, dusted. Jesus. Turn around. Life of a footballer. Do you remember that when, when you, you sat down in, in, in Megson's office and he goes, I want to keep you? Do you remember that? Was it was it no, inspiring? He, he, he didn't even he didn't even say that to me. It was like done through my agent and through the club. Was, yeah. He'd never ever welcomed me in or like said I wanted you. Yeah. Really? And it was only it was only it. kind of when I it was after about two years I'd done with him, I was like, I I gotta get away from this guy. I'm done I'm done. And he'd been me, he brought me back in. He's told me, look, I don't like you. I don't want you around. Like, but the, the but the president, you're unlikable. But the president and the owner has told me I'm not paying fucking Dickio to sit on his sun lounger with a pina colada. Why you're you're losing games? So I so Megan said I've got to bring you back in. <laughs> Man manager. Yeah. So I scored. That's the way it was back then. Yeah, I scored in the, the returning game. And this is a guy that told me I, I don't rate you. I don't like you. You got me promoted and stuff like that, but so what? Scored on on my return against Middlesbrough, and then we played in the cup against Bradford. I think two weeks later, and I scored a hat trick. He's come out in the newspaper and said, and because there was rumours of clubs wanting to buy me, he said we're not letting Dickio go for no less than ten million. So it was like a a real like weird bird give me the bird in the newspapers to say i told you i don't rate you i don't like you you're out of here but you're not going anywhere because you're scoring goals and you're doing yeah what we need you to do unless someone comes in for 10 no one was ever going to spend 10 million on a tall lanky dickio at my age he was just he was just that kind of guy yeah he played mind games what, what was Harry like as a man manager? I mean, he seems like he's, he's far more approachable than a Mexican, for example, was he? Harry Harry loved a conflict. Like, he, he loved bringing in players that he thought he could man manage. Like Neil Ruddick, Paolo Di Canio, John um, Hartson, Moncur. Personalities who could just, cause a bit of friction in yeah, the room. Yeah, he loved those guys. But he would always have fights with them and arguments with them. Crazy. Make up with them, huh? Make up with them afterwards. Yeah, make up with them. Volatile yeah. relationships. Yeah, dysfunctional. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. We just called it the West Ham Football Pub. That's <laughs> 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 great. We had a reserve game once, and Rupert, our massage therapist, married to Lennox Lewis's mum. Really? Yeah. I remember things. that guy. Yeah, remember the Rupert? guy, yeah. He's been there years. Years. Huh? Nice yeah, And he was really a great nice therapist, guy. but his hands were like all crusty. And I was like, Rupert, what's wrong with your finger and hands? Like, well, I'm allergic to oil. I'm like, <laughs> he's a massage therapist. He's a massage therapist. I'm like, like just cuts and like, it's just awful. Red raw. I was like, what? So anyway, they we had a discussion with the club and said, you got to buy him some oil that he can, he's not allergic to. So they did. But we had this reserve game, and he was supposed to be on the bus <laughs> to be our massage therapist. And he's not there. Everybody's on the bus except for our massage therapist. Like, where's Rupe? So somebody goes to f- phone him, can't get a hold of him. But he obviously takes the call, or he sees as they call. So he thinks, oh, I got a call. So he phones and says, oh, I, I've got a family issue. I've got a family. I can't make it. I can't make it. But 
all the first team lads were out having a night out. And the phone that he phoned from was Frank Lampard's. So, uh. <laughs> so the reserve coach going, why are you phoning from Frank Lampard's phone then? <laughs> Just silence. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. he was out having a fucking piss up with the lads. Because they Frank loved Senior. She's all round. You're round, yeah. <laughs> Frank Senior, obviously. No, no it was Frank, oh, Frank, Frank, was out Frank with the Jr. He was out with the players. <laughs> good old Roop. Yeah, phone from it. Yeah, good old Roop. Well, did he realize he is allergic to oil? I think it'd be pretty early in this massage therapy. Yes, he just didn't do anything about it, but it was like exfoliating hands. <laughs> Take a layer of skin off. Well, We should talk quickly about the French game. Holy shit, five the red cards. PSG. 14 yellows? I think it was. Something like that. Big 14 kicked off at the end of the game, right? And you know what? Is now accusing, um, it was, was now of a racist comment. Yeah. Bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? Did, I mean, they got him. I saw a clip, but it was not only what language he was speaking, but he was. I watched the highlights, and then you couldn't really see. No, like what there was, was on. It was even hand, see. Yeah, it was handbags. handbags it most. was embarrassing. Yeah. Right. There was people swinging from Diving. the rafters. Yeah. The who one guy the, went down like he, he didn't even he get He actually touched. did the headbutt. Yeah. He headbutted. I don't even know who he headbutted. It was just a ruck of players. He drops a head, and then he goes down. Jesus. Just sickening. Yeah. Make it count. I mean, Neymar tweeted afterwards, uh, my only regret is I should have punched him in the face. Yeah. Like, oh, piss off. You wouldn't have done that. Well, job. I mean, if he if it was something racial, well... Um, well, no, that, yeah, but, of course, but yeah. Neymar's not... It's all very well to be a tough guy afterwards. I hit him in the back of the head. That's not gutsy. Yeah. He may have deserved it, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a real brawl. No. Best, the real brawls I used to love watching were the old, in the 80s, the old rugby games, Wales, England, Ooh. Scotland, England. There were some like, full Donny Brooks, like legitimate Swing fights. haymakers. <laughs> I you know what? It, fight, it, actually. it, it all comes down to suspensions and fines and how heavy they are. Because we know in football, as much as I'm going to take Danny Dickey over a fight against just about anybody on the field, you can't. Yeah. And it... it NBA, massive fines now. Remember back in the day, there was fights for the fans, fights for the, like, and it was just, they were just like, this is bad for our product, bad for our brand. If you do anything like that, fine. Yeah. Even hockey now. They find, they find Brown at whatever, was it Brown for the, uh, no. The guy that was flopping for Celtics. Smart. They find him. Yeah. For that flop. 35 grand or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty-five grand, eh? Which is nothing, but it's nothing. But well, it's it, it's got it, a point. It's got a point, and they're, they're gonna they're gonna pull that stuff and from the game, yeah, and find them hard. But if you throw a punch in the NBA, you'll be suspended, that, and yeah. the, then you don't get paid. So if you, it could literally cost you no, two, three I mean, million dollars. Two fights, two sports that no one knows how to fight in. One is basketball, the other is soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that they don't know how to fight. It's just they, they you can't fight. So if you do anything, it's all cheap and dirty. Except they can never land. You never see a good solid punch you in basketball. You can't. Just- no, I'm even back in the day when Dr. J and Larry Bird would fight. Or yeah, they're all know. like sort of big haymakers. Yeah, it's because they're wide. so gangly, right? Yeah. The longer you, and taller you are, the less natural it looks. Yeah. You know. By the way, Tyson, there's a lot of footballers uh, like a lot of footballers Junior. boxing. You watching that, that background? What is that this that? week? No, it's November. I think it's November, isn't it? Twenty eighth. Yeah. Tyson Roy Jones Jr. Is that a train wreck? I, you know what? I, I listened to um, Tyson was on the Joe Rogan podcast yeah. last week, and he seems pretty up for it and training hard and feeling really good. Yeah, he's looking good. He's I looking really good. Instagram, I wouldn't yeah. want to play him still. Yeah. No. Jeez, he's he still the bag work yeah, yeah. he's doing. Holy shit. Yeah. And Roy looks, Roy's looking pretty good, too. Yeah. He's quick. Really? I, I, we should watch that. We should make a plan and watch that together. It's What's your weight difference? Hmm? 
Is there a, much of a weight? Yeah, I don't know what it is now because Roy, uh, he fought at several weights. He was never heavyweight though. No, no. he was. He went the highest. I think he went was middle. Yeah. No, I think he got, well, got up to light heavy. Did he? Yeah, yeah I think and so. The, and never got into cruiser, but light heavy was the the where but he's he going to have to keep moving. Where Tarver, remember Tarver knocked yeah, yeah, him silly yeah, yeah. twice. Or that, at least, yeah, I would take Tyson it. winning that fight in the phone booth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Tyson against most guys in the phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to the NBA, and I've noticed something, because soccer, football is always renowned to have players that are a little bit theatrical, diving, flopping, whatever it is. But I've noticed it become very prevalent in NBA now, and even hockey. Absolutely, you know, it's definitely there. Yeah, you know? like in NBA, I've seen yeah. a lot of guys flopping now. With even when they're taking three point shots, I know Lowry is the king mm. of it. Yeah. With just the slightest touch, and they're going. I saw Serge Barker doing it the other day. And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> big guy!" Well, just they're with the, your they're trying to because they, they got a place to land right, and they're trying to draw a foul by he's now coming into his space. Yeah, but you're right, and even the charging fouls. Yeah. It's a hard one for the referee. You know, it's like, all right, did he plant? Is he, you know? And then how they just make it look like Lowry's a legend at it. Like he really is. I mean, he's very good at it. He's, you know, so but they, it is coming to hockey. Is, is usually the high stick that just glances the nose and they throw their head back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go down, go down, Craig. <laughs> Jesus, floor. just hit my head. Craig just uh, smashed his head on yeah. the post. For those so there is embellishment in all sports and podcasts. <laughs> I didn't embellish though. You didn't actually know. No. You're hard, man. You're nails. Oh, yeah. You're nails. <laughs> <laughs> if that was a game, I'd have been down like down a sack of For shit. sure, for sure. Did you ever dive? Did you ever dive, Beach? No. Not once? No. Did you ever embellish anything? Um, I on. would embellish something if, like, it wasn't to win a penalty, but it was to, like, win time late in the game. So if a guy's holding on to me, I would kind of fall down. Right. Or fall back fall on me or Yeah. But it was, right. I, I don't know, it just wasn't. How I was brought you up. Raised that it way. wasn't. Yeah. No. What about you? Uh, it's different for a keeper, I know, but there are times, you know, on a free kick or a corner. Do you ever go down? You know what? I, than I, you I trying to be too cute and going around of a player, and then drew a, drew a bit of contact, but he he done me. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely in front of me, and I give it the old ha <laughs> went down. I think the refereeing has changed a lot as well compared to when we were playing back in the day where referees would just go, get up, you yeah. big softy. Oh, yeah. 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 Where now, well, and then if you had a tackle and they go right through the ball and then you, there is no point in complaining because that yeah. was never going to be given. It's fair. Now, they're like, well, I can still put it in the mind of the referee that that was over excessive use of force. Mm-hmm. And I might get the challenge. Even though I've lost the challenge, he's won it fair and square. Eh, maybe if I go down, yeah. it'll look as though he used excessive force. So they always got that one now. It was interesting as well at the weekend. I think it was uh, Palace versus Southampton. It was the first VAR in the Premier League red card that was overturned. That's right. Which is good because it it was replayed. The referee had sent him off. But it wasn't a red card. It was a, a high foot, but there was no malice in it. And it was an overzealous in trying to harm the player. And the referee went to look at the VAR. He got the call in his ear and he rescinded it to a yellow that's the, is that the first time we ever heard Danny Dicchio kind of make a nice Depends word about VAR? Yeah, it was actually because it was it was showing that they're actually using it to mm. to an effect of okay, it was the wrong call. I've been given the. Uh, I think I think there'll be more good things out of VAR. I mean, even watching the CPL and the Island Games, there there's been a few incidents well, that where handball, you, last week the handball, right? If that goes travesty. to VAR, it's not a handball. No chance. 
His arm, how it was, was, anyway, his arm was tight. <laughs> yeah. What is he supposed it's to do? Right next to his body oh. when it hit him. But you know yeah. what? They, the, the referee that and I would do the same. Everybody appeals, yell, yells at the same time. Have all the next time. Ah, what's you it? Got, what's it? You got a second to make a call. Yeah, right. Penalty, give it, you know. And, oh, it ain't wow. easy, that's for sure. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not easy. All you cheating bastards around you, screaming, <laughs> yelling. Ah, <laughs> yeah. God. Um, are we out of time? We yeah, are. an extra 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. For, look at that. We're back wow. first time in first time in two weeks, an extra 10 oh, minutes. Oh, that's right. We missed it. Yeah, we were away last week, weren't we? It was a... Uh, first week of school. That's right. That's oh. right. Oh. Kind of. Yeah. 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 My kid's Wednesday. I'm going to take a... My kid's today get and Get a degree, tomorrow. I think. We've got lots of time. <laughs> we've got time a degree in what I don't biology or something <laughs> seems easy enough yeah. Chem- chemistry chemistry yeah. Yeah. you can mature a student math forest yeah. yeah you know what they brought professional out student in England this year and I, I was devastated like for courses and stuff for GCSEs DJing Oh, they just, that's they a GCSE just yeah you can no. get a graduate degree in that you could be teaching it you can finally get a grade yeah. exactly a passing yeah. grade yeah. get an above C <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually not a degree. No, it's co- like a GCSE coursework. Oh, so okay. you know what oh. you used to do at high school? Yeah. Well, you so know what? Why is it different to music? Music is a exactly. GCSE. Yeah. There's no reason why it shouldn't be the same as playing the violin. So I was reading uh, a little bit about it, and they were saying the well. actual people... <laughs> the people... Being nice here. <laughs> like signing up to do music now, whether it be violins, whatever it is, a musical instrument, right. has gone right down to like 2%. So now they're moving with the times, and there's like music producing. Uh, TV well, you can producing, combine DJing, DJing with, with chemistry, so you can make your drugs, and then spin. Hmm. Right, it makes sense. So sell it at your party, and then order. Right. Yes, yeah, so and then order and do pies. commerce as well. So you're working the business side. What are you doing in your pie shop upstairs? What's that? What are you doing in your pie shop upstairs? You got some space? <laughs> I'll take anything. At this we point. need to be able to cook. <laughs> we should all try that for for like the next few months because he's saying he's going back to school to do he's doing biology DJ you yeah. should you should try and work what, something out, what, like what cooking cooking there you go yeah home ec home economics <laughs> isn't a guy who makes pies you should be a registered qualified you think you should cook. be you, you should be no no I was, but you know, in fairness, I'm, I'm not doing do it, it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway there's no like oh, you know you, you need a degree in cookery to, to work as a cook you don't need that. No, no. Just cook. It's like football. You don't need a degree no, in football precisely. to play. Yeah. But you need almost one to coach. Yeah. Nowadays, you have badges. You can't coach without badges, right? Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you have them, it's not good enough. Constantly uh, audit, go back, do it again, two years. It's as if it's a Really? Is it an, like an upkeep to it? You have yeah. To, really? Yep. How much is that? I don't know yet. I haven't had to do my audit for my uh, B yet. TFC is paying for that, right? Uh, some of it. Yeah. yeah, some of it. They're actually pretty good of it. But like people around the world, they if they're not at clubs, they have to pay for it themselves. They so if you, if you took all your coaching licenses in Europe, say, right to the pro level license, how much would that cost the average person? For a pro license? Mm-hmm. For a pro license, now oh, it's around all the way through. So. Oh yeah, if you're if you're doing like your C, <laughs> just so everyone knows, before a dish, Craig's eating pound cake <laughs> as he's as he's asking questions. It's lemon, 
lemon loaf. <laughs> Sorry, Dish. I think if you're doing C, your C license all the way to B to A, then your pro license, it can be in excess of around 80,000. Jeez. 80,000, really? And we're, oh. we're including like flights, hotels. Yeah, and that's also like that. in time going to be what, two, three years? Four years? I would say no. I'd say the pro li- pro license now you're you're doing in around eighteen months to two years. It's a pretty long, yeah, but course. But you add them all together. Doing, yeah, if you're doing C, <clears throat> yeah. B, A, you, you could possibly do you it have within to do them five all in years, order, right? Yeah. yeah, you can't get onto the next one until you've completed the lower level. Is there as an ex professional? Yeah, you're going at B. Right. Yeah, but but then you get hired, and the average manager makes eleven million a year now, right? Or thereabouts. Yeah, hold on a minute. Depends where you're. You're coaching. talking about the top end. See, this is this is selling the dream. Being serious. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I was just selling the dream. You make more than you know, uh, oh half of the what's it called CPL coaches, Shams? Not, not anymore. I don't. <laughs> Trust me. Not anymore. I don't. <laughs> Get the old case of beer. The pie business. The pie business and the soccer podcast business <laughs> made a profit. Back in the business. Back in the business. We don't do this for money. No, we do it for love of the pod. Just like senior guys. And therapy. Really, yeah. this is therapy for yeah. all of us. Yeah. Um, well, as my, my previous extra attempt failed miserably, let's try again now, shall we? <laughs> We're out of time now for sure. Uh, we'll have this up at some point. It's not live, so I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow? Which is tomorrow. Tuesday. Yeah, which Tuesday. is today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but which the three of us three are on, uh, We're on one soccer tomorrow, right? Three of us are back in. Tomorrow. Are we? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you what do you mean do. you don't know? I'm in. I'm pretty sure Charms is in. All right. I'll double check. <laughs> yeah. Check out One Nation tomorrow at, um, I think, 7. Broadcasting professionals. It's just their sports net. Are we in tomorrow? No, Danny, there's no games tomorrow. <laughs> Deach, we're in tomorrow. You wanted Really? We want to, we want to have I'm you in more to often. Buffalo. <laughs> we want to have you in more often. you got to take the opportunity. Yeah, I, f- yeah. I thought they forgot about me over there. You're, you're unforgettable, Deach. All right. Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, it's been a long one, and the last 50 minutes have been a complete waste of time. Bye. <laughs> Have a good day. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 